one, two, welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages and nationalities and sexualities and all the things, and welcome to the Sneaky Emu. This is episode number 92 that we're going to call, like after a summer's rain. Doesn't that sound sweet? Like after a summer's rain. This is the Sneaky Emu, a place where we want to discover the wonders of the world and the beauty of the divine that are ever before us, all around us, that sometimes we fail to see and occasionally overlook. Man, um, mom, thanks for listening. You're the best. Uh, I've been doing, uh, this is completely unrelated to the stuff I want to talk about, but I mentioned this book that I was reading, I think last time. It's called Jesus Christ Quantum Physics, Physicist, Jesus Christ Quantum Physicist. um and it's it's been it's been it's been blowing my mind a little bit like i'm i'm in way over my head but in light of the sneaky emu and like the presence of god and the beauty of the world when they get into the quantum realm when we start getting into the quantum realm in our understanding of how things work it is so wild it is absolutely it's 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 i can't even I'm going to have to read this stuff, like get more familiar with it. <clears throat> and I've done some stuff on this, but man, I'm just continually blown away about how bizarre and wild the quantum realm is. Like how nothing works in the quantum realm the way that it does in our in the natural order of things. Like things don't behave the way they are. Like light in and of itself is somehow both a wave and a particle. Like it's it's both and not both depending on how you're viewing it (laughs) yeah yeah and how uh like when you start talking about entanglement and stuff like that how um there are these connections between things that are so below that are so minute below the surface of what we can observe that things are are interconnected in these profound and weird and bizarre ways it's just Oh my gosh, you talk about things that we overlook or can't see. It's fascinating. Anyways, oh, I do have I do have some bad news. I do have some bad news. I got my the recordings back from my audiobook and uh <clears throat> I thought it was going to be done. I thought I was going to be able to upload it and give you the good news that we're about ready. But it's not. There were there was some uh audio analysis issues when during the uploading process and so now we have to go back through all of them and make some adjustments. So Hopefully we're we're getting closer. But what did we talk about last week uh, with like nature and the universe? Like it takes as long as it's going to take, I guess. <laughs> so I'm trying to work on my own patience and dying to the self and my need to uh, produce something. And I'm I'm allowing it to um, I'm allowing it to take as long as it takes. So, anyways, episode number ninety two, like after summer rain. So. Um, recently in my area of the world, we've experienced a lot of rain. This is true. If you're in this area, actually, my kids are doing, um, softball and baseball and they, we've had like two weeks since the first practice and then they have opening game, opening, opening weekend, whatever opening day. Uh, by the time you hear this will be two days ago. (laughs) <laughs> but for me, it's coming up. This is this is the relativity of time, by the way. There's something interesting there. 
so anyways, um, and out of the two weeks, they will have had like one and a half practices because almost every night it, there's been, it'll be like a hundred and something degrees during the day without a cloud in the sky. And then for some reason, right around the times between four and seven, uh, it will, there'll be like a crazy lightning storm. And so at the, at the, <clears throat> at the county park that they play at, uh, one bolt of lightning and the tornado sirens go off and then you're on red alert. And then you have an app that you can track the timing that starts counting down. It has to be like, it's like 10 or 15 minutes in between bolts. Like you, you have to cross that time frame. anyways. So yeah, actually I heard it, we were leaving the park the other day because of this exact thing. We had been at practice for all of 20 minutes and then, uh, the lightning bolt came out of nowhere. They closed everything down. Everybody was going to sit in their cars. And I heard one of the fellow coaches, I'm not a coach, one of the coaches uh, go, this this has been the worst, like, leading up to the season that I've ever seen. He was like an old guy. He's been around a while. He's seen some things. He was like, this is the worst I've ever seen that no one's able to practice. But the good news is they're all in the same boat. So, you know, they're all going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's unfair equally it's it's an there's a fairness to the unfairness so anyways prior to this um past couple of weeks of extreme amount of rain uh we did go through a little period of of like i wouldn't call it a drought we just had a period of dryness but in florida when you have several consecutive days of no rain especially when you're in the summer and it starts to get like a hundred plus degrees every day. Um, it can really wreak havoc on like you know nature. Aside from just the <clears throat> the obvious discomfort <laughs> that, that we experience as humans, the sweating from getting out of your car and walking to your workplace, and you're already sweating. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and so at my house where I've got a lot of a lot of plants growing, trying to get some grass to grow on top of sand, which is a whole thing in of itself. Um, I, I noticed like my plants were starting to get get a little bit wilty, right? They they weren't standing quite as tall. They were they were kind of uh, wilting over. The leaves you could see were starting to shrivel on a lot of the plants, uh, and even I, I remember at one point walking just around the yard inspecting things because because that, that's what you do you know as a man you inspect things <laughs> i just gotta go uh gotta make sure it's okay gotta gotta check the grass you know that sort of thing i was walking a walk around in the grass uh you know in, in the mornings especially like with with my bare feet because of all this i think we've talked about that like the free electrons and the free radicals and how they find each other so it's actually healthy for your body uh, so i was doing that and uh, even uh, in the morning, even in the mornings, it had been so dry that there was there was like no morning dew. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's weird to walk through the grass in the morning and not feel any moisture. Like that's how hot and dry it's been. Um, and so I had come home from work one day and was uh, walking around the grass and it, I could feel it. It was like crispy. You ever had this experience? I, I guess it depends on the type of grass you have, but the grass was crispy. Like it was crunching under my feet and, and it was almost like you could hear it. You could hear it crying out, help us feed us, give us water. It was, it was so dry. It, it was so parched. It was, uh, yeah, it was not good. 
it reminded me of the um <clears throat> what's the the uh was it Arabian proverb, Egyptian proverb we've mentioned before, like all all sunshine makes a desert. Yeah, that's what it felt like. That's that's where it felt like this whole thing was going. And so uh and then on top of that you have just the um the the droughts, the the actual droughts that are happening like California and around the world and so, you know, there's, we were getting a, a little, a, a little taste of this, a minor taste of this. Um, and so I, it just was, man, it was, uh, I was getting a little bit nerve, a little bit nervous on my end of things. Um, you know, from a, from a spiritual perspective, I think we all have, we all have times of, of drought, right? We all have some, some times of dryness. Uh, we all have, have times where there's like, a lack of flourishing where we feel like the plants that are uh, slightly wilting and our leaves are shriveling and, and it can be for all sorts of reasons. Sometimes it's maybe going through a difficult period of, of life. Maybe it's going through some changes. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just simply like boredom or monotony where you're just like, uh, it's just another day at the office and another day of another week of buying groceries and doing the dishes and just, just the endless loop of what seems like menial and mindless tasks. And you just feel like the sense of, uh, of, <clears throat> of dryness within the spirit, if you will. Um, and I, I was kind of feeling some of that. Maybe, maybe it was just like in a, uh, in some sense, like some, some intuitive sort of way where, <laughs> my my internal world was reflecting my external world which isn't by the way the best way to live um but I, it was like i was feeling no, nothing terribly wrong just like just like kind of a a, a place of like a momentary desert situation <laughs> a momentary dryness uh to my spirit um which actually undermines everything that i was talking about in the past couple of weeks where i'm like i'm in this really deep place this was before I got to that deep place. This was the drought before the rain. Um, but I know that this happens to all of us. And, and maybe maybe you're there now. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you're about to go there. I don't know. Everybody's on their own path, on their own journey. But what I think is interesting, whether we're talking about um, like an actual drought or if we're talking about some sort of spiritual drought or dryness or desert time in your life, I think there are um, there there is some benefit uh, two, two, two times of dryness in our lives, two times of drought, two times of desert in our lives. Um, I think, you know, a, a couple of things, um, I think, uh, a, a time of drought is, it, it can be a time of revealing for us. I also think that when, w what I've learned in all of my planting and gardening and stuff is that if something gets watered every day, um, it stops, um, diving its roots deeper. And so it has a very shallow root base. And so you want to make sure that it's not continually getting water, right? It has to have enough water, obviously to survive. But one, if you get too much water, it's going to be flooded and that's no good. You'll kill the plants because the roots will stay wet and then it'll die. But, um, if they're, if, if you moderate that properly, when uh, there is a lack of water, the plant is actually growing its roots deeper into the soil and, and spreading out further and creating a, a larger base, a larger root system in order to provide for itself. So 
the drought actually, the, or, you know, obviously this can't go for extended periods of time because you'll kill all your plants. But in, in times of dryness or many deserts or many droughts, just in, in that in that lack of rain period, it actually helps you to, to spread and grow your roots. Um, this whole idea of, of the drought revealing uh, things, you know, when if you find yourself going through a difficult time, uh, a stressful situation, uh, a time of change and uncertainty in your life, this dry type of period, um, that can be a very revealing time. Right, that can be a, very, a, a time where you're actually able to um, to see some of the things that maybe you've covered up with the rest of your life. That that allows it reveals some things that may be deeper within you that you haven't recognized or have been able to push to the side. Right, um, a, a really like parallel example of this, uh, uh, like on the nose kind of uh, <laughs> example of this is is like what's happening. In, in the world currently. I, I mean, I don't know if you've seen this. It keeps popping up, stuff that I see here and there. Um, but what the actual drought in the world currently is revealing, like it's it's actually really fascinating. Um, let's see, in, in Texas, uh, the drought has revealed, because California is being hit hard by this, Texas is being hit hard by this, uh, Spain, Portugal, um, over, over in England, or in England, <clears throat> in Europe, Europe is being hit hard by this. <laughs> we on the other end of Florida are like, my pond is filling up. What's the problem? You have to be mindful. It's like a world thing. It's not just you. It's all of us. Um, but but the things that are being revealed with this, like it's a, it's a really extreme drought, by the way, if you haven't been paying attention. Um, in, in Texas, let, let, me just, let me just tell you a few of the things that have been revealed recently all over the world because of this extreme drought. Like the water levels are so low that we're finding all kinds of things. In Texas, um, they found dinosaur footprints at the bottom of a dried up riverbed. <laughs> it's really fascinating. It's in, a, it's in a national park and they were able to, they, they had found other dinosaur footprints in the area um, prior to this. But like in the bottom of this dried out riverbed, there are, you know, huge, clear dinosaur footprints uh, that, that are like locked into the limestone or something. And so it's just there for you to see like the presence and the existence of these prehistoric animals. Like that's now coming up because of the drought. Um, in, uh, in Europe, uh, in the Danube, the Danube is, is uh, experiencing extreme, like it's, it's like, uh, I forget which one it was. It doesn't matter. But the water levels are so low uh, that they're actually revealing all these like warships uh, from World War II, like Nazi, Nazi, Nazi warships that were like cruising up and down the Danube uh, in like in the Serbian area. And they found like, I think they've, they found like 20 boats, 20 or 30 boats that have been revealed. Uh, because because of the drought, because there's just none of water, all these things that were, I mean, think about how much water has to be has to be missing, has to be gone. When you have 20 warships from the 1940s that that nobody had seen before, right? Like th th this is a pretty serious deal, right? And I'm, this, I'm, I'm not this, this is not hitting the panic button to say the world is collapsing or ending. That's not what I'm doing. 
my whole point here is just that droughts reveal things, both physically and spiritually. Um, in Spain, what the drought revealed was that there was a um, what they're calling Spanish Stonehenge. Have you seen this? Uh, they believe it's like this uh, from like 5000 BC. There's a it it looks similar to Stonehenge, but it's not maybe as big. But these massive stones that are organized into like this kind of circular pattern, like somebody did this. This wasn't random. This wasn't arbitrary. This was this was intentional. This has been buried at the bottom of this um, lake or riverbed for uh, you know thousands and thousands of years. But now because of the drought, like it's this stuff is happening everywhere. They're finding all this stuff. Um, I know in uh, was it Lake Mead uh, out in Vegas? Is that where it is? Nevada. Um, they're finding like bodies, which is scary. Uh, they're also finding boats that are just sitting down on the bottom of the lake. Uh, and then in, uh, Spain, was it also Spain or Portugal in between Spain and Portugal, there was a whole area where there was like a village that, that, uh, that was flooded. Like they dammed up an area, I guess, and then flooded this whole area. And now that that's all been revealed and it's literally like a whole town with houses and buildings and roads and like, that's all just been sitting under the water, which by the way, if all this stuff is sitting under the water, <laughs> this is the water that we're using. Uh, what's, what's in our water? Something to think about. Um, all that to say, my point is I thought that was fascinating. It's just cool to see like what's coming up. Uh, as, as the water levels are, are, are lowering, but also this to reinforce this idea of like a drought is revealing, right? For the physical world, but also for our spiritual world. And not only that, but think about, um, think about the problems that arise because of, of what is being revealed. Like if you think about the, um, like the warships in, in the Danube, um, they, they found that many of these have still have like uh weapons and and munitions and you know all this stuff and and they said it's going to cost something like 30 million dollars to remove these boats you know so who who's going to pay for that like you you found this thing that's causing a problem it's the thing that's revealed is causing more problems it's not just that it was revealed it's that now you have to deal with that which is revealed right in the um when you look at the, uh, the, the video or the, the ghost village, they're calling it like, what are you going to do with that? Um, how do you just leave it and then cover it back up with water? Like who's, who's responsible for that? And then do you want your water sources like contaminated with these things? And then even with, with like the boats and like Mead that they're finding, like people are, are driving down into these places to go look at everything and then all these vehicles are getting stuck. So now <laughs> the shorelines that weren't shorelines before, uh, now not all, not only are you seeing the stuff that was left behind that the water's covered up, but now you're adding to the debris field <laughs> that is these lakes and riverbeds. Like it's, it's not just that you re you've revealed certain things. It's that now because you've revealed certain things, there now comes like some other obstacles and issues, right? When, when, um, the benefit of, of a, of a dry period or a drought period personally is that it allows you to see what's underneath some, some things that are deep within 
but then the problem is uh then we have to figure out how to deal with it and and then sometimes that can be really difficult that can be even really scary like if i go through a, a tough time and what i reveal is some like ugly component ugly part of the self maybe it's some sort of anger issue maybe it's some sort of addiction issues maybe it's whatever then yeah it's great that i i've i've realized that that was in there but now i have to figure out like what to do with it which then creates like more stuff to take care of and more stuff to do right um and, and then obviously just on on a on the surface level here uh the the, the obvious reminder uh, to me is, man, we really do need to be much more mindful of, of how we treat our environment and what we do with our natural resources and, and, and the kind of uh, companies we support and the products that we buy because this is all contributing or, or uh, what's the opposite of contribute besides takeaway? I get takeaway. What's the better word for that? I don't know. I'm sure you're thinking of it and yelling at me as I'm not thinking of it. Um, but we, we support these companies that are, uh, extracting, taking away from these natural resources. And so even how we spend our money and the things we buy is affecting all of this. Right. We also you know, like as much as I want to, to water my grass or my plants every day to make sure they have enough, like I still have to be mindful of, like th this is a is this is a limited resource, and if it doesn't rain for a while, like that that resource that's here is is gonna run out. So there's like all these layers to this like drought thing that I keep keep stumbling into. That I'm like, man, this is this is a lot. We should we should like talk about this a little bit and be mindful of it. Like, yeah, it's great that that I'm I'm growing a lot of plants, but if I'm which is contributing, but if I'm using like all the water resources that's draining everything else and killing off everything else, then I'm actually taking away from the planet that I'm trying to contribute to, which means I'm canceling out the good that I'm doing by the amount of bad that it takes to do the good, right? There's oh, so many things to be mindful of here and, and not like, not panic again. It's not panic. It's not fear. It's just being aware it's it's having a higher consciousness a higher consciousness that allows us to think and to process and to be mindful that it's all connected it's all we're we're all connected through these things like we all depend on the same things like and and if if we approach life like in in general if we approach life uh from from a very selfish or you know self-centered viewpoint then as the water resources begin to like dwindle a bit here hopefully for, for not forever but just as a temporary thing then from a selfish perspective i'm just going to go get and collect and use as much as i can why why i can but if i realize like i'm a part of something larger than myself and we're all connected and we're all dependent on these things it allows me to step back and go oh, oh, oh maybe maybe i should be aware of that in such a way that i make actual changes to how i live and actually do better things for like the benefit of all also um, I don't know if I should get into this. Sure. Why not? I'll talk, I'll, I'm going to talk out of my depths here. And this is related to this idea of connection more than it is the idea of drought. But in that book, uh, it, uh the quantum Jesus quantum book, um, he's talking about this, this 
this premise and idea and understanding that when you get to the, 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 the quantum realm of things, that there is a, there is a single source, right? Like at the particle level, this thing that we can't see, like we're all swimming, all of, all of reality is swimming in this, this energy, this primordial divine, like everythingness. Uh, and there, there is, it reminds us of our singularity, right? Like that, that we're all interconnected because of the material, the energy of, of how, of how all of our reality is built. Um, but one of the things that they pointed out that this guy was talking about was that um, when you get into the quantum realm, the idea of time and space doesn't work the same way uh, in that realm as it does in our reality. And so there, there is not a differentiation of time and space. Like there, there is only here, there is only now, all things are in one place and one place are in all. Like it's, I'm telling you, it's wild. Um, but what they pointed out was that in, in our natural world, we see and have the ability, there's a separation amongst that out of the singularity, there is now separation, right? So uh, you can be you and I can be me and you can be driving your car and I can be sitting at my desk and my desk can be in front of me and my cup can be on my desk and all those things individuate or, or indi individual individual material realities of this singularity that have come into existence or been created. And so what he was talking about was how it's only in our individuality, it's only because there is a geographic distance between us, um, it's only through that separation that we're actually able to understand and see our connection and our oneness. Because if we were all still a part of the singularity, we wouldn't realize that we were of the singularity. <laughs> I'm talking way above my pay grade, I think. Well, I know it's above my pay grade, but um, does that, are you following that? That in order to have, uh, in our end of the spatial separation that we have as an individual is, is actually important because it's only in that separation, individual separation that we're able to recognize and experience our singularity. Yeah. And think about what that does, by the way, for like a passage where Jesus talks about like, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, technically we're all based in, in the quantum realm, we're all the same. We're all interconnected, but it's only through the loving of the neighbor and the love. Do you see? There's so, there's so much stuff here. Before I, I'm, I'm, I'm digressing. Let me get back to the drought. <laughs> okay, so uh, I get home that one day. I'm walking around. The grass is crunching under my feet. I'm like, oh, man, I just planted a bunch of plates. By the way, I did that the other day too where I uh, – I bought some, I bought some milkweed and I bought some porterweed. The porterweed is, uh, it's good for pollinators like butterflies and hummingbirds. It's kind of a weird looking, kind of a cool plant though, as it gets these cool, like blue violet flowers things on them. It's really cool. Um, but then I also bought a bunch of milkweed or I bought some milkweed and now I'm trying to propagate it because I just found out, uh, like a, like a week ago that as of this past July, uh, July, 2022, are um, the monarch butterflies been placed on the endangered species list, right? Again, this kind of goes back to this idea of like 
hey, we have to be mindful of how we're taking care or not taking care of the resources and plan that God has entrusted us to. Because if we're killing off things like the monarch butterfly, like uh, that's going to have a long term, that's going to have an effect in the long run, right? Like, so we have to be mindful of how we're using our natural resources, how much, you know, how much of our, of our world are we cutting down to put up houses? How much chemicals are we putting into the air and our water sources all and on and on and on. Um, so I was planning all, I got all these plants to put in the ground and, uh, to, to help with that. I'm going to try to put as much, I'm just going to keep propagating milkweed as much as I can. Um, but like there was supposed to be rain. And so I planted all this stuff and then we had like three days without rain and it was killing me slowly. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just, I just did this. So anyways, let's back up. Let's get back on track. I had come home. It'd been several days, uh, a couple weeks, I think without rain, everything was dry. My grass was crispy. I'm talking crispy under the feet, crispy. So um, we went to bed, and somewhere in the middle of the night, there was a a, a big, a big rain, heavy rain, um, and it was like almost into the early early hours of the morning. And so when I got up the next morning, I went out uh, on my porch to do my like prayer and meditation time, which thankfully I've, I've been on a pretty good routine. I've been been doing that regularly. We'll probably talk about that in a minute, but we had this big rain, and as I was sitting there watching, kind of watching the sun come up over the horizon and all this stuff, and like everything felt refreshed. Do you know what I'm talking about? You ever, you know that sensation, that feeling, that experience, like, and and so I did my 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 prayer meditation, and then I do like I do where I I go walk around the yard and observe how everything's doing, what's flowering, what's not, whatever. And everything felt, it felt like, like the earth had been nourished. Like it was, the grass wasn't, was no longer crispy. It was, it was wet. It was damp with dew. The, the grass was like, it was like plump, you know, like it had like filled out. It wasn't thin and brittle. It was like full and robust, at least as far as a grass blade can be. Um, all the plants that were like keeled over and were withering, were now standing up straight and their leaves were full again. Like it was just this extremely beautiful, beautiful moment. And I just remember thinking like, oh, oh, this is like, this is like my soul. <laughs> that sometimes I go through these times of drought and dryness and I, and my, my internal being has this feeling of brittle dryness and then I have to go through some sort of process, some sort of thing. I have to, I have to nourish that spirit and that soul in order to rejuvenate, in order to, to feed that spirit so that I can be refreshed and renewed again. By the way, did you know that there, there's, a, there's a name for the smell of rain? Have you ever heard this? Yeah, that's an actual thing. It's called petrichor. Like when you, when the rain starts coming or when the rain starts falling and you get that scent, you know, it's often a pleasant scent, um, that, that, that was still kind of lingering in the air. Um, petrichor is, is the, is the earthly scent produced when rain falls on dry soil. Um, the, the, it, it, this is not from my general knowledge. This is something I looked up. The word is constructed from ancient, from the ancient Greek petra, which means rock, uh, or petros, I means stone. And ichor, which is uh, the ethereal fluid 
that is the blood of the gods. So it's like uh, if if you picture yourself living back in the day and things you're going through this drought, then you're praying to the gods and the gods send the blood of the gods to to nourish the land to fall on the dry soil. Um, there's there's a whole thing there, but basically, uh, when the raindrops land on a porous surface. Um, air from the pores forms these small bubbles which float to the surface and then release like aerosols which release this scent um, let's see such aerosols carry the scent as well as bacteria and virus from the soil raindrops that move at a slower rate tend to produce more aerosols this serves as an explanation why petrichor is more common after light rains um, the human nose is sensitive to geosmin and is able to detect it uh, blah 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 some scientists believe that humans appreciate the rain scent because ancestors may have relied on rain, uh, rainy weather for survival. And so there's, they believe that there's something in us that through genetics has been passed down that we've learned that that scent like is associated with rain and therefore like a healthy earth and like good crops and all that sort of thing. It's, it's interesting. But next time you're at, at uh, playing a trivia game at the bar, the, the smell of rain is petrichor. Now you know and knowing is half the battle. You're welcome. Um, so anyways, um, I just, having that moment of like the, the dryness of, of my land, of my property, of, of the world, whatever, and then experiencing or seeing the effects of, of the summer rain that came and nourished and refreshed the thing, like that to me became the immediate picture, obviously, of like my spirit, my soul, right? That, that when I am going through a, a difficult time, a time of dryness, a time of boredom or monotony or whatever, I become this brittle, dry grass. And it's only, I have to figure out, I have to find a way to find nourishment for that. So one of the things for me is like, um, I, I like I said, I've been doing my morning devotional, my morning uh, meditation times where I sit on the front porch and do my prayer, my meditation. And, and I sit and I watch that sunrise. And that to me, when I get into that habit and that pattern actually becomes a very, that becomes a very nourishing uh, time for my spirit and my soul. Um, in Jeremiah chapter 20, uh, 31, 25, you see the people, uh, the people are in Babylon, I believe, and they've been in captivity. So for them, the people are going through this dryness and this time of drought, and it's revealing things about them. And then uh, it actually brings them to a place of like crying out to God. Um, and this is what, what God says. Uh, verse 23, Jeremiah 31. This is, what the Lord, uh, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. When I bring them back from captivity, there you go, see? The people in the land of Judah and its town will once again use these words. Lord bless you, you prosperous city, you sacred mountain. People will live together in Judah and all its towns. Farmers and those who move about with their flocks. I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. So they're going through this time of drought and dryness uh, because of their captivity. And I was like, no, I, listen, I got you. I hear you. I'm going to bring you back into this land and I'm going to, you know, like send the rain. I'm going to send the rain. I will refresh the land. I will refresh the spirit. And, and then there will be, there will be this prosperity the grass will be plump again. The, 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 the plants will stand up straight. Their leaves will be filled. Um, there's also, let's see, Jeremiah, uh, earlier in that same book, in Jeremiah chapter 2, 
verse 13, is it? Um, this is kind of an interesting connection. This is like <laughs> kind of before why they're in Babylon. Um, God says, my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Right? So part of, part of the thing that led to their drought, led to their captivity in Babylon, was that they turn their back on God, who, who refers to himself as the spring of living water, and then they tried to take things into their own hands. They tried to refresh themselves in their own doing. They dug their own cisterns, but they were broken and couldn't hold water. So there is this thing that, <clears throat> that God is, that is the, the, the thing that refreshes and nourishes the soul. And the, our source of nourishment, our source of refreshing, um, is going to come from God. And when we try to bring that nourishment or refreshing to ourselves, uh, it's essentially like building a broken cistern. Like it's not going to hold it. It's going to be short-lived. It's not going to last. And you're going to end up back in this place of, of dryness or drought. And then if you move over into like into John, John chapter four, verse 14, um, you have this, the story of the woman at the well. You may be familiar with this. And Jesus confronts her. He meets her there. They're having this conversation. Um, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So Jesus is, is, is referring to himself, the life that he's offering. And he says that like this thing that I'm offering you, this life that I'm offering you through him is this source of water from within. So when you receive that, the nourishment, the, the, the refreshing, the, the, <laughs> the petrichor, does the petrichor with that, can you smell the nourishment of your own dry land that is yourself that's coming from within? <laughs> I don't know about that one. But anyways, you have this woman at the well who has had five husbands. She's living with this guy that's, that's not currently her husband, which to me, you know, it sounds like she might be in a bit of a, in a desert place, a bit of a dry place, a bit of a drought sort of place. And it's in going to the, through this drought that there's this revelation that something has been revealed that she is maybe not where she wants or needs to be, that there's something missing, that maybe her grass is a little bit dry and her plants are a little bit wilted, wilted. And Jesus is like, Hey, no, no, like I'm offering, I'm offering you something better. I'm offering you this, 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 uh, deeper, uh, soul refreshing nourishment, this thing that, that is within you, that, that is this spring of living water. Um, and actually if you skip over to John chapter seven, let me pull that up real quick. John seven, um, I believe it's verse 38. I feel like my voice is going out. I feel like I sound sad. I'm, I'm not sad. I feel, feel pretty good about things right now. 38. Um, Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Yeah, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, uh, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. So <clears throat> this whole thing really is about understanding 
that when you're experiencing these times of, of drought and dryness is that there will be no amount of of whatever you tend to gravitate towards that will bring a sense of nourishment and refreshment to the soul the way that this idea and understanding of God and the spirit dwelling within us will be found, right? Like this is where the never ending source of water that can replenish and nourish the soul will be found, not from anything external, but from that which is internal, which is the, the presence of God, the spirit of God that has been placed in and is, is living within us. Yeah. So whatever you find yourself maybe going through in this time or getting ready to go through, or maybe maybe your waters are fine right now and your grass is doing okay and your plants are doing fantastic, but eventually there's going to come a time where um, that's going to dry up. It's going to be a, 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 a maybe not a crisis situation, but a difficulty. And so what you have to remember as you go through this difficulty is that like, the thing that you're going to need to refresh and nourish your being as you go through this time of dryness is the thing that's already been placed within you that is the spirit of God, right? Yeah, it's refreshing my spirit, it's refreshing my soul. That as I go through this time of dryness, um, I can be reminded that the thing that I need most has already been placed within me. The thing that I need most, that living water, is a continual eternal source that will not dry up, that will continue to nourish and refresh. You know, kind of like uh, a rain, <laughs> kind of like after a summer's rain, after you've had a period of dry times. Yeah, you know, like after a summer's rain. There you go. Let's let's call that a good. Let's call that good. Let's call that a day. Why not? Why not? All right, my friends, <clears throat> this has been the Sneaky Emu. I hope that uh, you're doing well. I'm sending you all the love in your general direction. Mom, thanks for listening. God bless, and I will talk to you guys later. Bye.